presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, a sports gambling podcast by betters for betters, connecting you with the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all the sports gambling industry. So as always, pull up a chair, open up your mind, and get ready to receive knowledge you won't find anywhere else. We can't thank you enough for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. This is Wise Words. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back, welcome in to season three, episode number two of the Wise Words Podcast. I am your humbled, honored, hyped, and always handicapping host, Colton Captain Colt Sroka, and I can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by and get some of the best knowledge and insights from some of the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all of the sports gambling industry and beyond. Now, my friends, if you didn't see the title, you know that we have another volume two on tap, a young man who we had an absolute blast with the last time he stopped by, so I would be willing to bet if I was a betting man. Oh, wait, that's right, I am. Uh, This is going to be another nuclear power plant this time around. So, my friends, before I bring him on in, please get on your feet, put your hands together for the man you know as the myth, the degenerate gambling legend, and around these parts, the TTL Cruise resident Southsider and Cheesehead Faithful himself, my co-host, my man, my partner, Mr. Riley, R. Max Magnuson. Partner! How you doing over there today, pal? My man, I am absolutely fantastic. Season 3, Episode 2. Said it last week, man. Uh, every time we hop on the show, I forget how much I miss it and, uh, and miss this type of format that we Dude. get to on this one, man. But uh, I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, interested to dive down to whatever rabbit hole we figure out today. As you know, I've been uh, picking up my uh, my involvement in the uh, in the space that we may be talking about today as far as the gambling world. But nonetheless, dude, let's get on with it. I cannot wait. You know, it is nice to have the old dots popping off behind us, the old green feeling, you know, the feeling of money. I I do love coming back on this format, and hey, you know, you kind of uh, fancy yourself as a golf capper these days, so uh, maybe you just add a few more uh, feathers in the cap, if you will, by uh, talking to the man that's joining us here today. So without further ado, my friends, that aforementioned gentleman that is joining us for the second episode of Season 3 and the second Volume 2 installment has been absolutely killing the game since the last time we had an opportunity to talk to him. He is one of the go-to sources of information for all things PGA, and his work has been featured on CNN, CBS Sports Network, Sports Grid TV, Sirius XM, and ESPN. He's the current digital media manager and national golf analyst at the Believe Podcast Network, and he's the current on-air host for Let's Bet It. Or no, I'm sorry, Lock It In. I apologize, wrong network. Don't listen to me. He's the current on-air host of Lock It In, presented by Believe. Hey, I'm human. I make mistakes sometimes. It's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to take a trip to our nation's capital. But as always, before we can, it is my honor and pleasure to welcome in 
alumnus of the Maryland University, professional golf and sports betting analyst, award-winning broadcast personality, and insanely knowledgeable human being, Mr. Cam Rogers. What is up, guys? Welcome in, buddy. Always the best intros. And let me tell you, Let's Bet It, fantastic show I watch all the time. Jared Smith, he's been on my show, great guy. Say he was on this show too, not even that long ago. And let's bet it, lock it in. All the L's are on here. It's <laughs> all, all good. Same. Hey, yeah. hey, not the same vibe though. I love your show. I love the guests you have on there. I love what you do too. Big fan of uh, kind of the growth, kind of the uh, step up in game, if you will, since the last time we seen you, my man. How, how's everything been going on your end of the world? Well, I'll tell you, the last time I was on air with you guys, I had the really brutal backdrop, the half-taped-on Tiger Woods magazines, <laughs> right, and, like, some other random products, and people just roasted me for it, and it got to the point <laughs> where I just, like, revamped everything. You know, I went to Target.com, I got all my products, shipped on down from the hometown, the home place. Um, my parents shipped me some memorabilia and all that stuff that was, you know, laying around. So, you know, like... That's sort of the brand with me amongst my friends. They all just roast me. And a lot of times that'll lead me to make decisions sooner than later, a la getting a haircut this past weekend. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's great to be with you guys. Appreciate it. You guys are doing great work. Hey, man. It's great to have you back. We uh, always love getting an opportunity to hang out and talk with you, somebody uh, a little bit similar to our age, if you will, in the industry. Uh, it's always fun to talk to some of the older guys in the industry, learn their ways. But hey, we're the new breed. We're coming up with the next wave. We, we got to get our right. opinions out there too. So appreciate you stopping by, man. We uh, we can't thank you enough for your time, Cam. So hey, let's not waste any time getting into it. I'm glad you uh, have updated your backdrop. Things are looking well over there. Things are looking pretty swell at Lock It In. Let's get that straight. As well as uh, Belief Podcast Network. I'm loving everything you're doing over there. You're doing great work as well. Um, but first things first, let's dive into it. Before we dive deep into betting golf, all that stuff, high level, what's going on? We got the players this week. What can we kind of look forward to? Who's some names that we're kind of, uh, need to be aware of what's all going on in the world of golf right now? Yeah, it's an exciting week, guys. Obviously we're all looking ahead to selection Sunday, but I'm just like, hold on just a darn second. Okay. There is the unofficial <laughs> fifth major this week. Okay. So let's pay attention to that a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited. It's the strongest field in golf, as they say, official world top 50, 48 of them are in no tiger, obviously. And then Hudson Swafford is out actually no Bryson DeChambeau. That's a new update as well. He will not mm -hmm. be playing this week, but it's a really stacked field. I'm really excited for it guys. And the big storyline for me, and I'm still in the infancy of my research, to be honest with you, but what I'm really gathering as we stand, it's going to be a soaked TPC sawgrass. There's going to be rain every mm. single day, except maybe mm. Sunday. Okay. So mm. how does that affect your handicapping? Usually when you have a soaked golf course that favors the bombers, right? Because you get less carry off the tee because of those soaked fairways and also favors, I would say the elite ball strikers who are typically really bad with their putting because you have these slower greens easier to put on. So the elite ball strikers should do well a la a Corey Connors, Justin Thomas has done it before, Rory McIlroy, those sorts of guys, right? So that's one thing that's really sticking out to me. And, and the other thing, too, is the Players' Championship might be the most volatile tournament to bet on because you look at the leaderboards year in and year out, it's a complete mixture of different types of golfers. So even after just saying that this will favor Bombers, I will say, too, that the accuracy guys can still compete, right? Sure. So the international players will show up. 
The wind is a factor. There's just a lot of volatility. And so that allows you perhaps to find some value down the board a little bit too. So. Sure enough, way You already heard me over here. First question, I'm already scribbling down notes. Boys and girls, <laughs> wise words. Turn up the volume, lock it in. Our man Cam Rogers is here live in primetime giving out nothing but wise words and good advice. So my friends, I yield back. Partner, I know you've been chomping at the bit to ask this guy about the players, what's going on. I need some betting advice. So I'm going to sit back here and enjoy this. All yours, my friend. All right. So I don't even know where to start, Cam. As you might have heard, yeah. I've been, uh, I casually have been betting on golf for a long time. But now we're into 2022, I started golf blog. So I'm trying to hey, take it a lot ten, more seriously. Ten and, ten and three in his last 13. I ten saw three that. Ten and five now. Ten and five in his last weekend. weekend. Ten and five now. Ten and five now. But hey, nonetheless, that's, hey, so I mean, that's winning I mean, to me, baby. Hey, I appreciate it. But uh, as far as you kind of mentioned it a little bit, I mean, whether it's not whether or not it's this, this weekend for the players or just in general, we saw this past weekend at Bay Hill, a lot of guys, especially Saturday and Sunday, start to struggle with a challenging, challenging course there at Bay yeah. Hill. Do you find more value on a, just a weekend, weekend uh, out basis? On obviously, I mean, I think the answer is probably not on these challenging courses. But sometimes, and I'm comparing it to whether it's some of these easier courses. But in a lot of those cases, those the leaderboard can be really, really uh, the discrepancy from the leader to you know the guy that's in tenth. It might be twenty five under at the top compared to fifteen under at tenth place. Do you find more value on these ones where? you can weed out some of these guys that might really struggle on a challenging course or some of the, do you find more value on these easier courses? I guess my main question here. Yeah. So I think that some of the toughest betting in golf is actually the fall swing because these are birdie fest, they're putting contests. And it's just like people pop out of nowhere and perform well, and you never really know what's going to happen. When you get to the players championship, the masters, the open, these WGCs, et cetera, you can certainly narrow down your player pool. I think one of my big time tips from last year was narrowing down and consolidating your player pool and not spreading your money all around. Right. So I think with this week in particular, there are guys that are just not suited for Florida swing golf. If you are not in control of your irons, right. And your ball flight perhaps is a little too high something along those lines you're probably going to struggle at the players at the honda classic at the api somebody who is control of their ball flight a la a sun jm really good with his long irons and what have you historically good on the florida swing will probably be a solid play this week here at the players championship so you know even though i said this is a pretty volatile event i don't mean that in the sense that we're going to get like a 300 to 1 bomb win this week or anything along those lines but we may get some guys that pop that maybe haven't been performing well but are still an elite talent right so patrick reed has been horrible here in 2022 but historically speaking <laughs> yeah, historically speaking pretty decent at the players championship so i would not be stunned to see him in the final grouping on sunday it's just like one of those things where these guys are so good, they can pick it up and just perform well in a given week. Brooks Kepka won the Phoenix Open last year, coming off, I think, like three straight miscuts. So, you know, Brooks is like an auto bet for me at like 30 or longer, honestly, any given week in the outright market, just because he's Brooks Kepka and he has win equity. So, yeah, that's a long answer to a short question, but I would say that I prefer these stacked fields and really being able to whittle down my player pool, if you will. The players is harder than the other four major championships or the four major championships, but I would say the players is certainly an easier one as compared to the RSM Classic in the fall, right? Sure. sure. 
And then I'll guess I, I love that answer. And I guess I'll kind of build on a few things you said there. And uh, as far as the Florida swing over here, and yeah. how often, whether it's this weekend or just in general, and maybe it's Florida and, and certain other areas, not so much. How often do you look at those types of angles where it's whether it's guys that play favorably to those types of uh, locations or just guys that play favorably when they're in their home state? Uh, for example, like guys like Horschel have been playing really well, honestly, yeah. anywhere so far this year, but especially, obviously, we just saw him uh, finish pretty well in Florida here. How often do you look at that as far as home state or anything like that? Yeah, I, I certainly think it's a storyline to track. We, with the Florida swing, it's such a discrepancy as compared to the California swing. There's less wind out there in the West Coast. It's a different putting surface. When you look at the Florida swing, that's grinder central for me. I'm not necessarily looking at ball strikers all the way, but can you avoid bogeys? Because par is at a premium at the API, the Honda Classic, perhaps this week at the Players' Championship, although if it's soaked, it might be pretty receptive on these greens. We shall see. So guys like Tommy Fleetwood, Rory McIlroy, Sunjay M, there's a reason why they perform well on the Florida swing is because they are just really good at their control of their flight of the ball, and they know how to grind in difficult conditions. Shane Lowry, another example, a grinder to a T, performed pretty well at the Honda Classic there. So, yeah, I think there is a definite discrepancy between the West Coast swing and the Florida swing. Now, you have to sort of take it on a case-by-case -case basis, right? Like, Riviera is a difficult track out there in California, in Los Angeles. So, you know, you want a grinder type of golfer for that tournament, too. And so, you know, we'll go to uh, Texas pretty soon. That'll be more of a birdie fest, you would think. And then we have the Masters, which is its own vacuum, if you will, in terms of what I look at as far as a player pool is concerned. But, yeah, you know, you certainly have to take into account the calendar, and where you're playing, especially the time of year, because the Players' Championship used to be in May, right, guys? And the wind wasn't as bad back then. Now mm. it's a lot more unpredictable. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree, especially in that last point. I don't think people, uh, a lot of people aren't really picking up that. Because it was, was it last year or two years ago that we've moved that uh, calendar date now? So it was two years ago, remember? It was uh, March 2020. We got right. one round in of the Players, and then it got canceled. Right. Good oh, times. Well, I did not even <laughs> realize wild. that. Yeah, 100%. And we were, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. And like the last time we were talking with you too, Cam, like we, we were, we were having our conversations centered around, okay, fans still not really coming back. Like what's going on with COVID? How is that bringing visibility? Like I went back to, uh, went back and looked at some of the notes and I was just like, man, we had such a different conversation oh than what God, we're going to have yeah. this time. It's I mean, it's COVID's just so bizarre. It's bizarre, man. <laughs> I mean, Hey, it's fingers crossed. I mean, knock on wood right. as far as we can tell, but Mags, what else you got? You uh, wrapping up on that end of things? I'll, uh, I'll keep it moving, keep it grooving here with the players. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Cool. Well, you know, I was scrolling through this thing we like to all use called the Bird app, right? <laughs> that, that old blue Twitter app. And uh, I saw this stud muffin with uh, some shades on. on Look his, at that uh, clown. I'm, I'm telling you, just fucking stud muffin. And I said, man, I got to see what's going on here. It says Cam Rogers power rankings for the Players' Championship. I absolutely love it. Uh, I was just going to dish those out on the show if you wanted to comment on anything there. Um, so 1 through 10, he's got Will Zalatoris, uh, 40 to 1 odds. Colin Morikawa, 12 to 1 odds. Rory McIlroy, 18 to 1. Sun J.M., already talked about him today, 40 to 1 odds. Victor Hovland, 18 18 to 1. Adam Scott, 55 to 1. Xander Shoffley, 28 to 1. Louis Ustazen, 60 to 1. Matt Fitzpatrick, 40 to 1. And rounding it out, Daniel Berger, 35 to 1. I like where your head's at there, my friend. I don't think I have one bit of dispute that I could really say. I mean, 
if I would say anything, my boy Louie always seems to be in these spots, <laughs> just a weird, goofy, throw a dart at the board, and he's going to yep. finish top five on some weird odds. But I got no disputes there. I absolutely love it. Anything uh, just off the top of the head uh, as far as your power rankings, my friend? Well, you guys are so kind because I left out John Rahm. I left out Justin <laughs> Thomas. I left out Patrick hey, Kelly. Yeah. But, hey, volatile event, right, guys? Not the top players can play well every single week, right? Not all of them. So, yeah, I mean, I like Will Zalatoris to win this week 40-1. to one. He's my projected outright pick here. And, really, it just comes down to ball striking with him. He has been absolutely elite in terms of strokes mm. gained approach. And that is the key for me this week, guys. Taking a look at the recent winners here, 2021, Justin Thomas. He was fifth in the field in strokes gained approach. Rory in 2019, sixth. Webb was the outlier in 2018, 92nd. But before him, it was Si Wu at 16, Jason Day mm. at nine, Fowler at three. So you get the picture, right? It comes down to the iron game for the most mm -hmm. part. And Will Zalatoris is a guy who does not shy away from the big stage. His debut at the Masters, he was runner-up. Played well at the U.S. Open in his debut there, too. So he knows how to perform in these difficult course conditions, in these strong field events. And I was on him last week. Didn't play all that great on the weekend. But, you know, you can't get too hung up on one weekend or one week of golf. You have to look at the broader body of work. And Will Zalatoris has had a really solid 2022 as far as ball striking is concerned so he is my guy to get it done there and then really just the same logic guys with Colin Morikawa there at 12 to 1 ball striking ball striking ball striking this is not a long golf course either TPC Sawgrass so you don't necessarily have to tattoo the ball off the tee and Colin Morikawa obviously a multi-major champion at this point he knows how to get it done on the big stage and again comes back to ball striking yeah that's he. That's him. That's it's all the iron game. And Justin Thomas had a Ben Hogan esque kind of ball striking week last year, getting it done at the Players Championship. So he's somebody I'm looking at as well. Let's see who else can I kind of pick apart here. Matt Fitzpatrick, maybe a name that you didn't yeah. expect, but mm. he's somebody mm -hmm. I'm really looking at this week, guys. If the course conditions get gross and yeah. grindy and it's windy. You have the Englishman, knows how to play in that Lynx style, although this is not a Lynx golf course by any means, but right. it's certainly something to keep in mind there. And he's second in this field in strokes gained approach over the last 36 rounds, second in strokes gained par five scoring. You have to take advantage of these par fives here this week because the par fours are very, very difficult. I was on Matt last week in the outright market. I believe he finished top 10, probably top 12. He was up there. So he's somebody that I'm looking at a lot this week. And then quickly going back forward here, Adam Scott at 55 to one. Mm. Now, course history. You will be hard pressed to find somebody with better course history with a large sample size than Adam Scott. He is somebody who has performed well year in and year out here in the last five years, four top 12 finishes. And he's got the recent form too. Iron game is really good. Long irons in particular. He can drive the ball well. He can get a hot putter. Why not? Pretty good value at 55 to 1. I like that a lot. I like that a lot, a lot. Yeah. Again, you saw me scribbling notes. I'm listening <laughs> loud and clear. Uh, how you uh, how you started things off there? Hey, I don't have the ROM. I don't have the JT. 
I don't give a damn on this side of the screen. You see me <laughs> singing all the time. Damn, it feels good to be contrarian. Exactly. Damn, it feels good to be contrarian. That's what I always do. I love it when everybody zigs, I zag. So you're speaking my language, my friend. I love everything you're putting down, Cam. So, hey, you got me pumped up. I got plenty of stuff I'm already betting on. I got a full card. Mags ain't even put his stuff out. You ain't put your stuff out. Time of recording on Monday. I got 15 plays already. Take Hammer it away it from all. me. Hey, take it away before I start hammering more plays, Mags. Goodness gracious. Well, Fitzpatrick, I really, really agree. He's been playing really well for a while now. I was yeah. interested in this past weekend, and honestly, one thing that really just finally turned me away, because I've only been taking two or three plays, like top 20 at a time here, and it was like he had like a, I think it was non-COVID illness or something like that, like a month off or something like that, technically, as far as actually playing on the tour. So I was just like, ah, oh, maybe I'll just take a week off, see what he does. And he played really well, like you said. He finished top, uh, tied for ninth in this mm -hmm. one. So I like that one a lot. Um, what about uh, what are your thoughts this weekend on on Cantlay? Not necessarily the win, but it seems like I mean he's number four in the world, I think, right now. And maybe not the last couple of weeks. I think he's taken a couple of weeks off. But I mean he's playing over the course of the last three four months as well, if not the best on the entire tour. Plus 2,400 odds to win this thing. Is is that undervalued or is this a tough spot for him specifically? Is he 24 to 1 as we stand? That's actually he's a pretty over here good on number. FanDuel. At, yeah. at least on FanDuel, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so John Rahm has been in the unbettable range for me yeah. all of 2022. There's mm -hmm. just no point. Same. I mean, he hasn't right. won yeah. since the U.S. Open. So right. you'd be, you know, in the deep red if you were right. to bet on him every single right. week. So right. I'm out on him for sure. Patrick Cantley, I don't hate it at that number, quite frankly. And here's the deal, guys. When you have such a strong field, you have to take a stand on the top players, whether it's good or it's bad. You can't, you know, bet on everybody. So you sort of have to... Uh, you know, shrug your shoulders to some and go no to others and say yes to others. So Patrick Cantley, he's been absolutely fantastic. There's no doubt about it. The only thing, too, is like you look at his course history, two missed cuts the last couple of years, 23rd, 22nd. Mm. You know, you want a little bit more. You would like a top 10 in terms of his players' championship history. But, you know, he's Patrick Cantley. He can certainly win here this week. There's no doubt about it. But I will probably stay away from him. Top 10 play. Sure, why not? I'm sure the number is still fine on that one. Maybe some matchup plays as well. You can get some plus money. I actually saw just recently some plus money on Colin Morikawa over John Rahm. Come on. Give me that all day long. Okay. Yeah. You know? So Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at, the board. at this point, I mean, how... <laughs> I mean, I know John Rom's still number one in the world, but as you mentioned, it's not like he's not even winning. He's barely cracking top 10, top 20 in a lot of these yeah. spots. So I think you're right on with that. As far as uh, – so one thing, you had Rory on your uh, on your power rankings, mm -hmm. and obviously he had a really nice start to the weekend and then kind of fell off a little bit of Saturday and Sunday, for sure, on Sunday. In other sports like football and basketball, we talk about these like bounce-back spots. Some people believe in it. Some people don't. Is that something that uh, you ever buy into or maybe we just don't talk about it enough or maybe you're more of a negative momentum uh, stay away guy? Yeah. Is that something you can look at as far as having a bounce back for a guy like Rory or one of these top 10 guys in the world or anywhere around that where maybe they didn't have the best weekend, but now they're, you know, they're hell bent on getting back into the top 10 or, you know, competing for a win? For somebody like Rory McIlroy, I will not write him off just because of a bad weekend. Although it is kind of interesting. He like reverse Rory. Like usually yeah. he starts <laughs> right. really slowly, right? And then he fires up on the weekend, throws out a 62 on moving day, finishes T3 and moves on with his life. <laughs> right. So listen, I think this is a big time Rory week. 
And the course conditions this week are certainly going to favor him. He can tattoo the ball off the tee. And all of a sudden, I'm just thinking about today, guys, 2011, U.S. Open, mm. congressional, soaked, and Rory lapped mm. the field. I mean, I'm just having flashbacks. I think this is a good fit for him here, guys. And, you know, he's got a mixed history at the Players' Championship, but most players do. Winner back in 2019, though, obviously, sandwiched yeah. in between a couple of missed cuts, and that's just the volatility of the event. But before that, an eighth, a sixth, an eighth, a twelfth. So, I mean, look, I think this is a really good spot for him this week. I'm not going to get bogged down too much in terms of what happened over the weekend. Listen, you can get those 76s like that on a Florida golf course when you hit it into the water. You know what I mean? So it right. can just be a fluky thing, a freak thing. I'm not too concerned about it. Rory should be fine this week. Right. I think I agree with you. And I'm laughing at myself because it's like he still finished tied for 13. So it's not like right. he was abysmal by any means. He put up a 65 on Thursday, for goodness sakes. Uh, but that's all for now, Colton. If you got anything else, I'll kick it back to you. Most definitely. I uh, I wanted to just touch kind of on something that uh, you briefly glossed over there, Mags, and, and that's kind of betting on specific markets and uh, kind of some of the value. So honestly, Cam, I mean, since the last time we had an opportunity to talk with you on the show, you provided so much good information for both me and I know Mags. I mean, it allowed him to start writing his own damn golf blog for crying out loud. Love and, that. And, and it really allowed me to be really profitable. So you gave loads of good information as far as some of the uh, the markets you like to target, some of the various guys you like to target within those markets. I mean, kind of the same question. Are you still targeting those same things? Is that, has the process kind of evolved? Is it the same shit, different day? Are you kind of on a different track? What's the most profitable uh, profitable market you're finding right now? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It really does depend on the tournament for me these days. With the Players' Championship here this week, I think there are some outright values. I mentioned Brooks Kepka as we stand right now. He's 33-1, to 1, in my opinion, an auto bet when he's at that number. Matt Fitzpatrick, 40-1, to 1, so worth a little sprinkle there. Will Zalatoris is now 50 to 1, so these odds are obviously shifting. Maybe that's because I picked him number one and the odds are getting longer, right? I'm the reverse. Sharpest of, uh, man. <laughs> the line mover, right? So, um, listen, I think there's some outright plays here this week. I do like the top 20 market as well. I think that's mm -hmm. always a good way to sort of enter into the golf gambling yeah. space, if you will, make a little bit of money, chip away a little bit here and there. Will Zalatoris. Plus 220 for a top 20 right now. That's pretty good. We talked about Adam Scott. Corey Connors is so consistent, so steady. Plus 250 for a top 20. That makes some sense. If you're just getting into the golf gambling space, I think you start with matchups here, guys. I mean, you're basically like betting on a game, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's the NFL, NBA, but it's for a couple of golfers going at it in a given week. And you can find some pretty good plus money. I always go for the plus money. I mean, you can always go for the heavily juiced up guys, but it's like, eh, I mean, I would rather sprinkle around with the plus money because of the volatility of golf and because these guys are so talented. The differential in talent is so razor thin. This is not Alabama versus the Citadel, right? I mean, that's Alabama 10 out of 10 every single time money line, right? So it's a different situation here with the game of golf. And so, you know, I would work your way from matchups to like, top 30s, top 40s, top 20s. If you want to sprinkle a little bit in the outright market, I will never talk you out of it. Of course, again, it's a tournament-by-tournament tournament situation. Uh, I will certainly dabble with the outrights for the Masters. The Masters notoriously is a chalky event, and usually there are no surprises unless it's Danny Willett in 2015, but other than that, nothing too crazy. <laughs> and so, uh, 2016, excuse me. So, yeah, I mean... I think that is kind of the process as far as golf betting is concerned. Yeah. 
I love that, my man. Yeah, definitely those top 20s. Uh, that's something that has made me really profitable. I know Mags, yeah. too. I've been telling a lot of his top 20 plays lately in the plus 320s, plus 360s. Those have been yeah. profitable as all hell. And I mean, maybe it's a little sweaty on Friday. They squeak into the cut, and then they turn up on Saturday and, and, and Sunday. And, and we're sitting here on Sunday with, with an easy cash top 20 ticket just thinking, okay, well, now we ain't got to worry about nothing. Then you can kind of play around with some outrights and stuff like that. So right. that's made us incredibly profitable. I got to start uh, messing around with those matchups. I typically only do that with some mm-hmm. of the bigger events, but I feel like in some of the smaller ones, you can get really, really precise. Because you know me, if you follow my content at all, Mid-Major King, I love the niche markets. I love the Mid-Major yep. basketball. I love the smaller things so maybe i got a little new little some some new little rabbit hole i gotta dive maybe a little parlay okay maybe a little something i gotta dive into but mags what you got around that yeah i mean kind of just building right off of that more so just curiosity because i've never dove into them i'm a little i think there's like a fear based on it and i'll explain why is there any value that you find and i think it's book by book as far as what groups are stacked together as far as group betting like for this mm. weekend for example one group that i see as far as you have four options morikawa justin thomas rom hovland odds are plus 220 to plus 330 ever find any is it maybe that's tournament by tournament group by group ever find any value on those though yeah certainly let me go ahead here and take a look i'm on FanDuel sportsbook as well so sure. yeah you have the group a's the group b's the group c's let's see anybody sticking out to me <sighs> i think as far as what i said about being fearful like so let's say i'm in love with morikawa and i love yeah. that and i don't like any of the other guys i guess i have a fear that like maybe morikawa finishes second or something like that and then whoever has <laughs> someone else in so do I. the entire damn thing and it's like all right well i could have taking top five at plus 500 instead like what am i doing here that's my fear i think is that right yeah you have to just look at it in terms of a vacuum right so i mean group a is just too scary for me because justin thomas could win you know he could be the first players champion to defend his title so colin morikawa like him a lot this week victor hovland as well group b is interesting only because scotty scheffler just won you would think maybe a little bit of a regression in a volatile event so i'm out on him and Xander Shoffley, we haven't seen a lot of him so far this year. Patrick Cantley, I talked about him a little bit earlier. So mm-hmm. it could just be a one-on-one showdown between Rory and Cantley. I would like Rory in that spot, though, plus 220. You know, going down the board a little bit here, I talked about Brooks Kepka. I talked about Matthew Fitzpatrick. Let's talk about Group D betting here. So Dustin Johnson, we've barely seen him. I have no idea what's going on with this game yeah. right now. It's surprising he's even the favorite. I was going to say, I think um, last we saw him, it was rough, if I'm not mistaken. Last time we saw him. Yeah, it was like T30-something, yeah. right? So not, not Dustin Johnson stuff, mm. right? So, yeah, cancel him out. Billy Horschel has been good, but I'm willing to look to Brooks Kepka and Matt Fitz in this bucket here and really just take a stand on one of them because I yeah. could see them both playing really, really well. Let's say Matt Fitzpatrick finishes T9 and Brooks is T11. There you go. You get your play, right? So you can certainly narrow down your player pool here. Group E is interesting, too. I would say it's Sunday M versus Adam Scott there. I like Joaquin Neiman a lot. I like Sam Burns a lot, but I don't know about their fits here for TPC Sawgrass. So that's another one that's interesting to me. So yeah, I think the group betting can be profitable if you go about it the right way. Yeah. Yeah, and I assume you would probably say similar things as far as the like the specific country, uh, mm. top USA player, top Sweden player. I don't know if you had any thoughts on this that this weekend. That's one that I always like. Man, that really interests me, but I never. I never am able to get a firm grasp on it, so I always stay away from that one. I certainly stay away from top USA player every single week. It's so difficult to really uh, take a stand on one of those guys who's going to be the top. But let's see here. I mean, you have a lot of options on FanDuel. So top Swedish player, 
look, Henrik Stenson has been horrible. Henrik Norlander hasn't been that great. I know it's minus 105, but, I mean, that's a free bingo square for Alex Norin. <laughs> that's what it like, seems like, right? Yeah, <laughs> honestly. So you would like plus money in those nationality bets. I mean, do you feel risky enough to bet yeah. Sergio Garcia plus 250 against John Rahm minus 390? <laughs> Because if you go Sergio's direction, I wouldn't call you out for it. Just because of his history here, he's a former players champion. And look, John Rahm, if you dive into the data, he's bleeding strokes around the green, bleeding strokes with his putter. So he could certainly play fine, finish T17, but Sergio could be T8, right? So, yeah. I don't <laughs> like going with the big ones, though, like talking about okay. you know the Americans. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, USA for sure, especially at this one, because I know a lot of USA players seem to fare well at this one pretty historically. But that one, honestly, I didn't see that one. I'm gonna, I might have to take a look at that one as far as Sergio, because I honestly have, I, I don't know, maybe you uh, have seen him other than I have, but I don't think we've seen him. Have we seen him too much on tour, or has he been playing overseas more? More overseas. He did play That's last week. Okay. T38, which is like fine, right? But you're essentially looking at a matchup right between yeah. john rom and sergio garcia and if you throw 10 bucks down that one sounds fun have some fun yeah that one sounds that fun, fun. <laughs> yeah. i like that that's go ahead cole if you got anything else that's most of what i got for players uh this weekend i think for sure i i got two more things i know uh we're getting uh we got a little bit of time left here but uh we'll start to wrap it up here um i got two things one question that i've been asking all of our guests um since the last time we talked to you and uh didn't get an opportunity i don't know if it wasn't one of my questions or just didn't get an opportunity to ask you the last time so you've been a young gun in the space i wanted to uh take an opportunity to get your perspective on that but before i get into that question uh everybody kind of wants to know right now it's kind of the allure of golf if you will what kind of info can you give us on the sgl the super golf league i think that's dead in the water guys i really do i mean everybody has come out and said that they're not going to be a part of this there was a part of me that thought maybe bryson would go on board with this, but then he came out and said, that's not going to happen. Mm. And so really what, it's gonna be Phil Mickelson and that's it? Like, I mean, honestly, who else can they get? So I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you what, just kind of parlaying that to Phil Mickelson here for a second. I mean, mm. what a PR nightmare for this guy. And obviously he's not playing this week at the Players Championship, but let me say this. If he makes a return, <laughs> yeah, if he makes a return to the Masters and for some reason, in some way, Tiger Woods does as well. That's going to be the greatest Masters in terms of pre-tournament hype that I have been a part of in quite some time. Just saying. Tiger's not coming back for Augusta, but if he were to, that would be wild. But yeah, Georgia. so yeah, the SGL <laughs> thing is just like, I don't see it. I really yeah. don't. Um, the players want to play against the best in the world, and the PGA Tour provides that. So I think players prefer that over a fat check, quite frankly. Because they're already getting fat checks and at the end of the day as well, not to mention that Yeah, <laughs> as that, far as over that, here. Yeah, that was kind of our thoughts on it, Cam, when we talked about it on our daily show. And, and um, also at the same token, we talked about this a little bit. This popped into my head too, just real quick. The whole – and Max, you might be able to speak on this and ask the question maybe a little bit more than I can. The whole – the players getting paid off of their uh like the hype oh, the they do yeah all that what what's the deal with all this player PIP? impact program yeah yeah great <laughs> wonderful terrific but tiger woods is going to win it followed by phil mickelson followed by yeah. bryson dechambeau these jagaloons already have enough money in their bank <laughs> accounts why not my proposition was why wouldn't this be designed for the will zalatoruses the the guys who have a game but they just don't find themselves in the outright leader position more oftentimes than not yeah, I was having some dishwashing thoughts the other day about this. <laughs> just popped into my head. Like, 
how about we change the parameters of the pip, right? I mean, because, yeah, you're right. I mean, Phil and Tiger are going to monopolize it every single year. Tiger hasn't swung a club in the last year on the PGA <laughs> Tour, and he won the dang thing. So it's like, I don't know. I think we have to reevaluate how we score this and sort of go from there because Max Homa, Mr. Twitter, wasn't in the top 10, right? How about that, Raz? Yes. He was yeah, literally, no, be I, literally beating seriously. the drum three days ago. I mean, standing yeah. on the mountaintops, just where the hell is Max Homo on this seriously. list? Uh, so 100%. weird. Yeah. Well, because yeah, and then uh, DJ was another guy on there who uh, obviously um, DJ is one of my favorite golfers to watch, but it's not like he's got a social media presence or anything like that by any yeah, means. But he's not I mean, Mr. Entertaining. Let's be no, real. No, I mean, because yeah. I, I I think we both agree, Colton, that there, this like in theory, then kind of how you just talked. In theory, there's a way that this works, but the way that it just laid out was not the way that it works for sure. <laughs> negative, negative. Yeah, we no, have sir. to reset a little bit and reevaluate yeah. how we score this because again, look, Tiger Woods is great. But, you know, outside of that recent tweet to Phil, he's not all that entertaining on social media. And so, you know. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Well, hey, the uh, two juiciest topics in all of PGA, we covered that. We oh, covered yeah. the players. We covered Believe, Cam Rogers, where he's at, the wonderful Mr. Rogers. You see him down there. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood at Mr. Rogers 99 <laughs> down there, my man. Uh, we talked uh, specific markets, everything in between. Here comes the closing question. You've had a couple of softballs. You had a couple of two-seamers. It's time for the stinky cheese, the nasty, the disgusting curveball right over the heart of the plate. Can he swing and hit it? I think so. I uh, I wanted to ask you this because I think you give some really good uh, uh, highbrow thought on this, if you will, Cam, and because mm-hmm. because I I know you're a very very cerebral gentleman, so I, I really respect uh, some of your thoughts. So I wanted to ask you this, and I know I asked you from kind of a betting perspective the last time I asked this, but this is from more of a content creator perspective. So. I'm going to ask you this. What's your number one piece of advice for an up-and-coming content creator, analyst, someone trying to break into the sports media space, or even just somebody around our age trying to chase a dream or passion? What's your number one piece of advice for that person? One word. Tenacity. 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 Creating your own path through different approaches. That's your own content. That's going on LinkedIn and sending a million connection requests and then introducing yourselves to decision makers in the industry. If they don't answer, follow up. It's doing stuff like this, bringing on guests to your shows and having them reshare your content and generating that community. It's not like trying to be a lawyer or a doctor where there is a, you know, a straight path to get there, an educational path to get there, right? Ryan Seacrest, right? Went to one year of college, moved to LA and tried to do the dang thing and he did. So. There are so many ways to go about it. And I think that's the fun part about the journey. Um, You know, leave nothing on the table. Always send thank you notes. You know, I was on a call recently with somebody at Stadium. So I was the Campus Insider guest reporter back in 2015. There was a big contest and what have you. And I was in college when I got it. And I just caught up with, you know, this uh, decision maker at Stadium. And, you know, got on the phone for like 15 minutes just to catch up, say what up wrote a thank you card, and then sent him one of my lock it in tumblers that you can actually see right behind me there. I'm pointing to it right now. There it is, there it is. So it's those little things that stand out, right? I was at the Super Bowl for Radio Row and the Sports Grid TV people remembered me sending them one of the Cam Rogers chocolate bars. My parents own a promotional products business, by the way. Somebody <laughs> help me with this. Oh, there you go. And so, 
because what the deal is, you are a fish among other fish swimming upstream. Somebody at iHeartRadio once told me that and actually really did stick with me. So I think I laid out a couple of avenues, right? And you put it all together and you can really make a name for yourself. And then finally, you know, finding that niche, that expertise, the sports betting thing. Honestly, I'm still in the infancy. I'm still learning as I go from folks like you and Jared Smith that I mentioned off air and all these great personalities. Ariel Epstein has been on my show and she's fabulous. She's great to follow. So yeah, I think it's being a sponge. It's taking things in, it's networking your butt off. And I'll tell you, you can make something of yourself in this industry now more so than 20 years ago, right? When you had to go work in local news and build your way up. So I hope I uh, hit a home run on that one. No. Oh. Most definitely, my man. Most definitely. You saw it. You saw it down there in the crawler. Tenacity in all caps. T-E-N-A-C-I-T-Y. That's all it's about. Absolutely. It just takes, takes, uh, I talk about it all the time, Cam, uh, in in enjoying your current gift, the present moment, and Mm -hmm. allowing those future gifts to be there and just continuing to work towards it, go towards your goal and what that takes is tenacity because sometimes what I also like to say is in this life when one door closes another door opens but it is a some bitch in the hallway and sometimes you just got to go through that hallway so that's what you're preaching that's what you're speaking and and that's what both me and Riley live by and I hope uh, a lot of people can can listen to your words too my man because it's definitely good stuff out straight gone it's grand salami. See you Always later. visualize too. Visualize where you want to be. See it. Kind of like on the golf course, you visualize your shot. Visualize where you want to be in the professional world, whatever that is. Listen to this guy, kids. Listen to this guy. That's number one. If you don't listen to me, beating the damn drum on med- meditation and visualization in this life. <laughs> there you go. Listen to this guy. I, hey, hey, I'm. Wait. Yeah, I, I wiped dipshit off my forehead this morning. I can barely get out of bed and do it this morning. This guy, much bigger brain than me. So listen to him. He says it. I, I must be doing something right here. So my friends, that's all I got. Mags, looks like all you got. Uh, the one final question. I wish we could end it there, but I'd be remiss if I didn't. Because last time it was about football season when we had you the first time, Cam. And we yeah. had to give you some, some razzin as far as your damn Maryland Terrapins are concerned. <laughs> Yeah. And we're deep into March, and they just uh, they just got smoked again yesterday. Get any, them out of the any, conference! Any, any. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had we had people that we respect, and, and we adopted it. As far as the, it got so bad for basketball season, we called them the twerps. Any the twerps. any defense that you can give us, as far as the Maryland Terrapins, the Maryland twerps. I threw back a few high noons guys yesterday, <laughs> watching a little Maryland Terrapins basketball and watching a 14 to nothing start in favor of the Spartans. It was awful. Oh my uh. God. And I don't know where we're headed as far as the head coaching vacancy is concerned, but I will say we certainly need to find an identity because we turn the ball over. We don't win on the glass. It's so frustrating to watch when shots don't fall. It's just not a fun brand of basketball, quite <laughs> frankly. And so Obviously, we're not making it to March as far as the tournament is concerned, unless we win the Big Ten tournament miraculously. But, yeah, I mean, it's on the up and up. I think college football, Maryland Terrapins football is still going up. Loxley has something good going there in College Park. As far as basketball is concerned, I think there's going to be a little bit of a reset, to be frank with you. So, yeah. yeah. I love it. I, I had to. I had to sneak that in there. Thanks for the positive vibes, mind. though. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course. Big, big Ten Homer over here. Had to, yeah, had to I could have let it go. I could have let it go. Yeah, pull that out from under the rug. We ain't getting out of here yet. I love it. I love it. <laughs>
Love it. All right. Uh, the last question from me, as per usual, uh, where can we follow you, Mr. Rogers? Where can we consume all of your content? What's on the horizon for you? Maybe a sneak peek? Maybe a little what's coming up for Cam Rogers in the Believe Podcast Network? Yeah, a lot of exciting stuff here this week, guys. Follow me on Twitter, at Mr. Rogers 99 We have the Golf Bets on Us betting preview tomorrow with my co-host Bridget Wayland and Matt Kuchar's former caddy, John Wood, coming on. Shout Matt out. Kuchar, a former champion at the Players' Championship, so he'll have some really good insight about how to attack this golf course. And then, of course, I'll be uh, doing an interview probably later this week and then my 10 best bets in 10 minutes on a Friday to get you going for the weekend. So really excited about it. I'll be doing some other media throughout the week for the players as well. So keep an eye out there. Awesome, my man. Absolutely love it. And then it's uh, at Believe Podcast Network right on Twitter as well. So we're actually just now rebranding a little bit. We're now a content network overall. So we are... Uh, that's always been the visual, the vision for us since the hey, beginning, right? There so we go. started with podcasts. We're still doing podcasts, of course, but we're doing sure. TikTok. We're doing YouTube. The lines are blurred these days, guys. You know that. Content's everywhere. So sure we enough. are just uh, Believe now, officially. Okay. At so, Believe. Yeah. Awesome. And that is B-L-E-A-V, my friends, not the uh, traditional Believe. B-L-E-A-V. Right. Uh, shout out. Yeah, we you got a lot of shows over there that uh, we're both big fans of, a lot of personalities. Uh, my personal favorite, Coach JB, always with uh, Real his, Coach JB, his, baby. his slapdick <laughs> comments. You know my man. I'm always uh, about going back and forth on Twitter with him. So, yeah, big fans of what you're doing over there, Cam, and, and everything you guys are doing at Believe. Um, we, we'll keep following along. We, uh, we love the, the growth we've seen from you over the last time we had an opportunity to talk face-to-face here on the Wise Wars pod. So, my friends, go follow him. Check out all of his content. Nothing but loads of good, wise words coming your direction if you decide to. Outside of that, before I uh, put an old bow on this proverbial podcast present, uh, partner, anything else from you over there, my friend? No, sir. I think we're ready to rock. Well, then, from me, your host, Colton, Captain Colt Soroka, my co-host, the absolutely legendary Riley Armags to Riches Magnuson, and our legendary, all-knowing, big-brain human being guest of the day, Cam, cashing tickets every damn day, Rogers. We thank you all so much for choosing to stop by Wise Words, Season 3, Episode 2, and we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Wednesday, unless you have any other plans. And as per usual, hey partner, let's cash some tickets.